Welcome to Around the Table. In our desire to avoid worldliness, have we shied away from our charge to be ambassadors for Christ? While we must maintain boundaries, we should not live in fear but in confidence as we manage the tension of being in but not of the world. Learn how in today's episode. Jesus prayed to the Father for his disciples, saying, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I'm Tom Klotzel, serving the Los Angeles Altadena Church. And I'm Lucas Frank, serving the Detroit Congregation. And Lucas, before starting this conversation, we really didn't know each other very well, but I feel like we really connected on this topic, which is so relevant to both of us, um, being in the world, the world of living in big cities. And you and I are in different, very different seasons in life. I just retired from work. Jody and I have been married 39 years, and we have four adult married children and 12 grandchildren. I agree, Tom. It's really been enjoyable getting to know you better, and I'm really looking forward to this topic. Uh, For us, Crystal and I each moved to the Detroit area about 23 years ago. We've been married for 20 years. We have four children, ranging from a senior in high school down to third grade. Tom, as you began the prayer of Jesus there in John 17, do you mind sharing some thoughts on the distinction between in the world and not of the world? Yes, in the world and not of the world, there is a, a very clear distinction. The word world is used over 250 times in the Bible, and, and most of those in the New Testament. A world is defined as the cosmos, which is the, the whole universe, everything that exists, God's creation, and then all of the inhabitants. So we are in the world. And then as Jesus says in John 15, you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. And then in John 18, my kingdom is not of this world. So if we are not of the world, we are of or or part of God's kingdom. Uh, We're chosen by Christ to become citizens of his kingdom and not of the world. I really like that distinction that we're citizens of God's kingdom even though we're living our earthly lives in a different place. You mentioned the definition of world there. We also read about worldliness. How how does that relate? I think if you'd ask a variety of people, what is worldliness? You'd you'd probably get a variety of responses, but I, I think many of them would consist of some type of list. I know for me, in my early years of faith, I'd have a list of uh, things like entertainment, lifestyle, fashion trends, unholy living, drunkenness, gambling, sexual immorality, those types of things. But then uh, years ago, I had an experience that changed my thinking. Jody and I were at a homeschool convention, and Elizabeth Elliott was the keynote speaker addressing this very topic, and she quoted 1 John 2. I love this scripture, not, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And the thought is, anything that is temporary 
or temporal is worldly, as opposed to living out the will of God, which leads to eternal life. So now I would say uh, worldliness is having our heart set on material things, you know, those, those things that will pass away. There's a great example in 1 Timothy, uh, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And then as Jesus taught, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Yeah, thanks for those thoughts, Tom. I'm I'm reminded of Romans eight thirteen. I think that reinforces the conflict between that temporal and the eternal, as you laid out there. I, I really like how Paul states that if we live after the flesh, we'll actually die. Mm. But if we kill off or mortify uh, the mortal, uh, or being consumed with those early pursuits, we'll actually be able to live spiritually. And so it's it's always this. Uh, juxtaposition of, of our, where we're at and where, our, where we want to live our lives and our minds being in that eternal kingdom. That's good, Lucas. Uh, and as we talked about the distinction between the world and the kingdom, why don't you build a bit on the kingdom purpose as it pertains to Jesus' mission, uh, you know, as he called his, his followers into the world, sent them into the world. Sure. I, I think if we go back to that initial scripture you opened with in John 17, I know for myself, um, I can sometimes tend to focus on those verses 14 through 16, where Jesus talks about uh, not being of the world and being hated by the world and even his, his prayer to keep them from evil. But it's interesting as we move on and we look at verse 18, it shifts the theme a little bit from one that we sometimes think of as the dangers of the world that we need to stay away from to the very purposeful approach Jesus had for his disciples of sending them into the world. And so, you know, we start to see actually that we have an opportunity, even a, I think maybe a responsibility to be in the world and that there's purpose for us, not just risk. Yes. To be in the world and the purpose of being in the world. So how can we, how can we live out our kingdom purpose in and for the world without becoming a part of it? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I really like 2 Corinthians 5.20, where Paul talks about being ambassadors for Christ. Uh, looking up that formal definition of an ambassador, we read that it's an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. And this has really helped me shift my thinking from being overly cautious or even fearful uh, of becoming too much like the world to changing my vision to really trying to focus on Christ and and how we can effectively represent him in the world. We see the same theme in Mark 16, 15 with the great commission of going into the world and preaching the gospel. And I really get this sense that Christ wants us to advance rather than retreat. Of course, at the same time, we have to recognize that as ambassadors, we have to keep focused on the official business that we're on. We're not just visitors enjoying the culture or dining or trying to be like a local. I think that as long as we maintain that overriding and deep sense of duty and love for Jesus, we'll be able to constantly discern how we engage and where and how not to. 
And we have the promise of Isaiah 26, 3, that God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And so I think that focus, understanding that we keep our focus solely on God uh, while we walk our feet here on this earth is really important. That's so good. Uh, instead of being fearful of being too much like the world and, and walking in fear, having that sense of purpose of being an ambassador, uh, like you said, uh, keeps us from being overly cautious or hesitant and love that that encouragement of advancing into the Great Commission rather than retreating in fear. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Tom, do you mind speaking a little more into what it means to have a personal kingdom focus? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it to the personal. And having a personal kingdom focus really starts with our identity, knowing confidently who we are. And in 1 John 5, he says, and we know that we are of God. And to have that that confident identity, identity of who we are, that we are of God, that we're delivered from the domination of sin. And then he says, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. So we are of God and very different than the whole world, which is still under the control of sin. And then knowing our identity really impacts how we think. As a part of God's kingdom, we're to have a kingdom mindset. And I think Colossians 3 uh, describes that really well. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So this mindset, this kingdom mindset, gives us a personal kingdom focus. And at the same same time, I'm thinking, Lucas, that, that we as humans can tend to take on the characteristics of those that were around. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm a bit of a chameleon, uh, changing uh, some of my characteristics depending on the environment and the people I'm around. Uh, there's some good scripture, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. So spending time with uh, those that are evil um, can corrupt uh, good manners. And then he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So how can we be aware of and prepared for the tendency to become part of what we're around? Yeah, those verses certainly are fair warnings that we need to be aware of. And then as you talked about that chameleon, my my thoughts just went to, you know, sometimes at home, if we're sitting around the table or the living room and we hear one of the kids say something that, Crystal or I will look at each other and think, oh my, we know exactly where that came from. You know, whether it be the tone or a phrase that they pick up from us. Yes. Um, and and so it's very, very applicable that we have to be aware. We, we pick up those things and we might not even know that we are. So we always want to be aware that we are foreigners, right? In, in this mission field yes. that God has us on. And there's a lot of biblical examples to learn from, you know, as we were you know, reviewing this and talking through this before and just thinking through this topic. I, I, th- I think a lot about Daniel. Um, he found himself in this very real situation physically of being captive in a foreign land, but yet he, he never lost sight of his primary mission. And he also didn't retreat from the challenge 
Uh, as a result, God used him in really mighty ways. And just kind of thinking through Daniel's experience, there were three things that kind of came to mind that might help us maintain the right perspective. And those three were purpose, preparation, and promise. Mm. As we think about uh, the purpose that Daniel had, he was really grounded in God's principles. And his address may have been Babylon, but his citizenship was always Jewish and his decisions that he made we read, uh, were, were influenced and impacted and based on his, his uh, trust in God. We read that Daniel verse that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. And I think we need to be securely grounded in God's word and our relationship with him. The second thought was in preparation. And this one is really important, I believe, that Daniel had decided ahead of time what his boundaries were. And I think that's important for us as we walk um, in the world that that we have to recognize that we are in a foreign land and we have to be prepared. We have to be thoughtful and mindful. And and I think that when we are, it, it allows us to not be surprised as often um, or as surprised when new situations come up. And so preparation is really important in renewing our minds like uh, Romans 12, 2 uh, talks about. And finally, I think the promise Um, And I love this, too, that Daniel had a confidence in God's promises. And so when we walk with a confidence, even though we're in a foreign land, or when we walk with the the promise uh, that that God has for us, it gives us confidence as we walk and confidence in in God's strength and in his purpose. Yes, I I love the example of Daniel. I appreciate you bringing that out and that he purposed in his heart and he prepared his heart. And that he was standing confidently in the promises of God. It's a great example of of being in the world, uh, certainly, and and not of the world. Tom, can you speak into how to make decisions? Is it what we do or how we think? And I think it's important. What is the balance between building relationships and being separate? Hmm. It is a balance, and. Uh, being separate reminds me of the scripture in Second Corinthians 6, uh, where he says, Come out from among them and be separate. Uh, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And the definition of separate is helpful. It's to set off by a boundary. To uh, It's not complete withdrawal, and it's not isolation, but setting appropriate boundaries in our relationships. It reminds me of... Uh, when I was newly converted, I was working in the machine shop and it was uh, kind of a dirty, noisy place. And my coworkers were a little rough around the edges and I, uh, I was pretty rough around the edges myself and um, course talking and joking. And uh, I'd buy beer for the guys on Friday after work and we'd sit around and shoot the breeze. And, and I thought, you know, now following Jesus, I've, I got to get out of here and Holy spirit, really spoke directly to my heart and said, no, you're going to stay here for now. And so I'm thinking I'm going to be in this place with these people, interacting with them and loving them and working with them, but I will need to set appropriate boundaries, not complete withdrawal or isolation. And it was really cool because by, by staying engaged and just living life and sharing the love of Christ, I got to see a few of my coworkers over the years come to faith in Christ, and and there were a, a couple of believers there as well, and we were able to uh, encourage each other along the way. 
Oh, that is such a great example of the surprising ways in which God works sometimes, isn't it? Just as you described that, I, I, the thought came to me that sometimes we can find ourselves, I think, thinking, maybe I need to get out of here because I'm different, where actually God is telling us, I need you to stay here mm-hmm. because you're different. Yes. And, and you're different because of me. So that when we have that, that deep identity in, in Christ, it really gives us, again, that opportunity. So thanks, thanks a lot for sharing that. Uh, that experience. Hmm. What principles, Tom, do you think we should use when making decisions on how to engage the world? Well, my mind goes to the uh, the filter we can use in Philippians four. You know, uh, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just or right, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report. If there's any virtue or excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And so when our thoughts are filtered through these things, um, we can use the, the principles of truth and honesty, what is right or pure or lovely. It provides the direction we need in making decisions on how to engage the world. And then when we respond in truth and honesty and with a pure heart, we encourage others in the world, uh, to, to Christ. Yeah, that's, those, those are beautiful verses. Tom, do you feel like, you know, is it, is it what we do or, or how we think primarily that defines that? The, uh, the words of Jesus really help. Um, as he says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Then in Luke 12, uh, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So it really begins with the condition of our heart, our mindset, which then leads to our actions. And then our actions impact those around us as we, as we fulfill the call, like you say, to be his ambassadors in the world and, and represent Jesus. So true. Well, Lucas, this is—it's uh, been great to uh, uh, consider this topic together, and I'm wondering if you'd share some closing thoughts on Christ's call for us to be in the world and not of the world. Yeah, thanks, Tom. You know, I think, like so many things, I think that this topic of being not of the world uh, in, but not of the world, really represents a, a tension to be managed rather than a, a discrete problem to be solved. For us to appropriately manage that tension for God's glory, I go back to just really trying to have a clear sense of identity, our identity, my identity in Christ and and our call as a follower of Christ. And I really love the Philippians 1, 9, and 10 verses where Paul writes, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And so rather than hesitate and fear, I, I really hope that we can walk forward in the power of the spirit while reflecting the character of Christ to all those around us. That is such, such good encouragement. Walking forward 
in the power of the Spirit. And I'm just thinking of everyone out there who is saved by grace through faith and following Jesus. I'm in the world as they're, you know, we're in the world and not of the world. And I'm so encouraged by that prayer of Paul. Then by Christ's prayer for us, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select User Feedback, and when the web page opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.